Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and good evening. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. This is the mysterious radio show where we have each week psychics, mediums, tarot readers, ufologists, cryptozoologists, ghost investigators, the whole gamut, you name it. On Beyond the Gate Radio, we bring you the uh, finest experts each week. And we are open-minded. We like to think outside the box. And we do not judge anybody for their belief systems. Tonight's show will be a one-hour show. It will be an interview with uh, Charles Phillips, psychic medium. He's author and comedian extraordinaire. And um, Charles Phillips is really very popular in the world these days. He's in demand. He travels all over the United States. He's also subject of a uh, documentary, and uh, he has a book out, um, two books actually, one book coming up. I'll let Charles tell you about that when we bring him on. I am your host today, David Baker, and the wife is a co-host, Sherelle. Hello, Sherelle. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. How are you doing this evening? I am doing fine. I'm on top of it. And now let me uh, read you a little bit about what Charles had to say before I bring him on. I won't read too much and take his fire away from him because he loves to talk too. So uh, Charles says that he firmly believes that everybody is psychic. The secret is not only recognizing it but tapping into the source as well. I did not realize it. I did not acknowledge it, and I certainly did not come close to tapping into it. I ignored it for so long that it finally had to tap into me to say it tap (laughs) is a gross understatement. It repeatedly clobbered me over the head with a sense of rhythmic deafening thuds. That's the best way to get my attention since the world subtle The word subtle is certainly not in my vocabulary. It began innocently enough by chance reading by by a chance reading by renowned medium George Anderson in in August 2001. You know, uh, I don't want to mess this up, and I don't want to laugh too much. I'll let Charles tell you a little bit about his beginnings there as well. Because not only is he an extra large medium, I think at times he could be a befuddled medium, but that said, Charles is an extraordinary medium. Not only can he really tap into you psychically, tap into your crossover loved ones, human and animal-like. Also, he's well-known for his cart, uh, being a cartoonist, and he can also uh, draw cartoons or caricatures of your spirit guides. In addition to that, I want to say we're very proud of Charles because being a cartoonist, he has some works on display in the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California, and Charles has always been a fan of Charles Schultz, and we're very proud of him for doing that too. So without further ado, we're going to bring Charles A. Phileas, extra-large medium, on the show. Charles, good evening, and welcome to Beyond the Gate. Thank you, David. How are you? Awesome. Sherelle? I would expect nothing less. Sherelle, you there, hon? Yes, I'm awesome as well. Great to have you on the show tonight. Thank and, you. And uh, I was glad that um, you agreed to be on the show, and I thought he was going to introduce you as Charles Schultz for a minute there. 
<laughs> hey, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Charles, you know, so we didn't have any, you know, music playing or anything like that. We just want to get right into the show to see what you had to say. Well, darn, I was hoping for some accordion music, but other than that, I'm good. I'm good. Yes, I couldn't find any good polka music to play, so we decided to have you instead. Oh, there's no such thing. <laughs> hey, hey, I like polka. <laughs> You're the one. I knew it was somebody. I wasn't sure who it was. <laughs> you know, see that a lot of people. I don't know how they find it strange if somebody, if a, a medium comes on and laughs or whatever their personality is. But a lot of people say, "Well, I tried to meditate and get into the mood of love to tap in the spirit, and I had a hard time. Sometimes I'm not feeling it. I just tell them, uh, sense of humor, laughter comes from love." And perhaps if you think of something funny, that could help you out. And uh, Absolutely. that's why Charles, myself, and Cheryl do what we do really well because it's so easy for us to tap. And all we have to do is think of something funny. And, hey, the door opens, and there's spirit laughing with us, and we're in. Isn't that right, Charles? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I always, I always emphasize that the power of laughter is extremely healing. Um, I have had, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, of giving a reading that, I mean, obviously when you're dealing with somebody who's crossed over, you have to deal with the grief of the people here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And oftentimes, by the time the reading finishes, people are laughing. And this does not mean that they are, uh, you know, over the passing of the loved one or this, this is in any, any way disrespectful. This simply means that they're now focusing on the positive aspects of, the, of their lost loved one instead of focusing on, on that little sliver at the end and the healing has started, and it does. It's totally raised the vibration because spirit wants us to be happy. We want us to be happy, so we should spend more time doing it. I totally agree. And I want to say once again for everybody listening, thank you very much. Tell your friends about the show. It can be downloaded later in the archive and listen and listen and listen again. And with Charles on tonight, I know you're going to want to. And in addition to that, we aren't taking any callers tonight because we're going to have spend a fantastic hour with Charles and get in as much time as we can talking to him. So we won't be taking any calls tonight. However, you, you are invited to listen to the show. On that note, Charles, as I started to read a little bit about your introduction a little bit earlier, would you mind telling us a little bit about how you got started doing this? Um, I... Well, I guess I started, you know, by being dragged into it, kicking and screaming. Um, I mean, as a kid, I always tell people uh, I was very, very psychic. I just didn't think anything of it because everything was normal. I assumed everybody did it. And little kids are so incredibly open. And as time went on, it just sort of started, you know, diminishing. But the real thing that just sort of shut everything down for me was my grandmother uh, was killed in a car accident when I was 12. And I had a premonition of her passing the night before. And after she died, I would wake up in the middle of the night and she'd be staying at the foot of my bed. And I read a lot, a lot of horror comics as a kid, so I thought she was actually coming back from the bed to kill me. So I would just dive under the bed, pull the covers over, and it just totally freaked me out so much that everything that I had just, just went dormant. Where, where it spent the next few years, I don't know. Looking back now, I understand what my grandmother was simply doing was trying to insist, okay, you've got to be on this path. And, well, like everything that she did in life, it was kind of over the top. And it was just too much for me to handle. Then when I was 40, 
yeah, 40. Um, friends of mine came out to L.A. where I was living at the time. Uh, they came, they traveled out from Florida to see uh, uh, George Anderson, who, in my humble opinion, and no disrespect to anybody, but in my opinion, he is the best of the best. Um, he was doing one of his rare public appearances, and they dragged me off to that, again, kicking and screaming. And I went with the intention of basically making fun of everybody that went to these kind of things. And by the end of the evening, I had egg all over my face because I ended up getting a reading from him that night. I was the last one, and it was about 20 minutes to completely, totally change my life. He connected with my deceased grandfather. My grandmother did show up, and my father as well. And at the time, I was trying to you know, justify the whole thing, making sense of it all, and I decided it was one of two things that had happened. He had either really connected with these people or he'd actually paid detectives to follow me around for years in the case that I might actually show up that night, and I really wanted it to be that last <laughs> one. I really did. It would just make it so much easier to handle. And that raised my curiosity. And I started reading and studying, and um, one of my friends who had come out from Florida, she had uh, told me of the uh, Astrological Institute in what was then Port Charlotte, Florida, and Sandy Anastasia and John Mayers. And um, she had taken some classes there, and she said, you should benefit from this. And, of course, being the stubborn, doubting Thomas that I am, I held off as long as I could, and I eventually things fell into place, which is another story. And I ended up going, and that's where the ball really just sort of shot off the court. That's amazing. I have a few of George Anderson's books, which I read a few years ago, and he was on some documentary on TV. And I noticed that in George Anderson's work that he's sitting down in a chair doing a reading and He's doing what looks to me to be automatic writing, and I'm not sure if that's exactly I, what he's doing. As I understand it, that's what he started doing. It was automatic writing. And when I'm one of these people, I'm a very nuts and bolts kind of guy. So while I'm up there on the stage with Anderson and he's giving me all these amazing messages, at the same time I'm observing him because I'm just fascinated with what's going on. And even though he has the pad and the pen and his pen just goes a mile a minute, the pen wasn't even touching the paper. And as I understand it, this is just wow. something that he does to kind of sort of zone out, so to speak, and be able to concentrate on what he's getting. It's just something to sort of keep the mind occupied, I guess. So to my knowledge, he doesn't even actually write anymore when he's doing the sessions, but it's just the motion of the scribbling. I could be wrong, and if he's listening, I apologize if I am wrong, but that's how it looked to me at the time. Yes, because I noticed we had the uh, Terry and Linda Jamison Psychic Twins on a show. I love the them. Yes. Yeah, they do wonderful automatic writing. You know, I'm going to yes. corner you on this one because I did post your show on Facebook and Ali Cheslick said, oh, I'm going to corner Charles one of these days. How's you, you know, get him on because I've been after him for a while. And the Psychic Twins commented, you know, a lot of laugh and said that you're precious and that you're really you're really good. So you have a lot of friends out there, Charles. Yeah, I I, I, I love my twins. They're 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 two of the very few people that'll actually be seen with me in public and I don't have to pay them anything, so it's kinda cool. That's right. And, and, <laughs> yeah. I know this Allie, we won't even talk about. <laughs> uh, okay. She's gonna kill me. I know. She's great too. And and yeah. they, what I was gonna say about the psychic twins is that they do channel they do automatic writing, and that's how they do 
most of their predictions and everything. Yes, and not everybody. And honestly, does that. if you've ever seen their writing, honestly, it's like it's like a piece of art. It's just beautiful. I mean, not just the messages, but the way it looks. It's gorgeous. I have um, seen. I guess they were on uh, one of the TV shows, and they were focusing on them and on the paper. And it's like you know how you see their hand. You know, one hand is going and going, and then there's a a couple of um, lines. They're not making any writing on the paper. So I was wondering if it was kind of like what Anderson was doing too, was that it was helping them focus. You know, not really. It's not really a zone out. It's really helping to focus in on the concentration. That's the way I look mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if it, if it works that way. For the, I know that it works that way for me when I do automatic writing. Uh, if my mind begins to wander and I'm not really there where I should be, they will start drawing circles. <laughs> and when it's like, okay, we got to get back, and after a while, then it'll start back off again. Yes. I, I noticed that the Jamesons do write, and their hand starts, they've told me that their hand starts moving by itself when they uh, do the automatic writing, which brings to mind that you gave us a class on automatic writing not too far in the past, and I had never done it before. I had assumed that if I did automatic writing, that thoughts would come to my mind and I'd write them down or something. I wasn't sure, and when you gave the class and we were practicing it, we were ready to do it, I felt it was a channel, and I was really impressed because my hand actually started moving all by itself and writing something totally independent it's of cool. me. It is really cool. So yeah, cool. that that is amazing. And I've heard people that were you know excellent mediums that did uh, automatic writing channeling could sit there and read a book with the left hand where the right hand was writing. Uh, something down, a prediction, a story, or something in one hand, and they're reading a book in another hand. To me, that's... St. Moses would do that. He wrote uh, several books under the under the name of M.A. Oxen, if I'm remembering correctly. But that's what he would do, because he was constantly testing the the uh, validity of what he was doing. So he would, he would be reading a book while writing. He would sit and have a conversation with someone while he was writing, paying no attention to what he was writing so it wouldn't affect it in any way. Yes, that's the person I'm talking about. So now that brings me to asking you, since you teach automatic writing, what could you tell the neotype or novice or somebody that's not familiar with automatic writing, explain a little bit about what it entails and exactly what is automatic writing? Automatic writing, very simply put, is writing that even though it may be coming out of your hand, it is not coming out of your consciousness, out of your awareness. It is messages, connections, et cetera, of a higher realm. Uh, when I believe when, when I had uh, given the class with you that I had explained to you that, you know, as a medium, you know, you, you, you get your energy up to a certain level to speak with those that have crossed over. With the automatic writing, you're reaching even higher. You're going up into your spirit guides and even into the angelic realm, your higher self, et cetera. So it's a whole different type, kind of energy to reach up to get to that. And that's where you're making the connections. The, the big key, when you first start out in all probability, you'll probably just get a few little scribbles. A few, a few times you'll start getting words. I was very fortunate when I tried it. My second time out, I actually had a, a uh, response to it. But 
the first thing I emphasize with anybody to do any kind of work like this, whether it be automatic writing, channeling, psychic work, etc., for the love of God, protection. It's sort of like the ultimate real estate, the, the, the three top uh, things in real estate to consider, location, location, location. With this kind of work, it's protection, protection, protection. You can't do it enough. Just to sit down and do it, you're asking for disasters. But what will happen, it's just sort of like if anybody ever played with an Ouija board, it's the best way that I can describe this, where the hand will start to move and you know that you're not doing it. And with me, first time I did it, I had a couple little scratches. I thought, eh, this is nothing, you know. And I decided to try it again a few days later, and my arm took off like it had a, its own little mind. I was stunned. I still had the sheet of paper, actually, when I first did it. and just covered the whole page in one ongoing scribble. And as it kept scribbling, suddenly I noticed it wrote my first name, and then scribble, scribble, scribble. My first middle name, scribble, scribble, scribble. First middle last name, scribble, scribble, scribble. And as I would kill, literally, I would kill to have a picture of my face when all this was taking place, because I guarantee you, you know, my eyes were as big as silver dollars. And finally, I managed to find my voice, and I said, who are you? And they wrote the name Robert, and my hand stopped, no pun intended, dead. It just wow. sat there, and it, but I felt it vibrating internally. It was almost like it had a sound that had been like, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I asked him, who are you? You know, what, what are you, basically, what do you do? And he wrote, I am your guide. And it just grew from that. And the really bizarre thing, and I emphasize this too, when you're doing this, it's not going to be your handwriting. If you sit down and you start, you know, letters, oh, all I'd love, no, if it's your handwriting, honey, it's not happening. It's not my handwriting. It's not going to be yours. Wow. Proving like, no, I don't do it this way. I don't do it that way. And after a while, it's sort of like learning a language. You're trying to communicate with this other person, this other being, this other energy, and getting an idea because Robert writes very, very small. He writes much neater than I do. <laughs> but I can feel the, the way he words things. It's definitely not me. They're not going to write or speak the way you do. It's going to be their own persona, so to speak, and that's another way to really help you know figure, okay, this isn't me. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charles, okay. you talk about your guides having um, a sense of humor. Is Robert one of those? Oh, here we go again. Oh, Robert, Robert's a nutcase, man. Uh, <laughs> um, he's got an amazing sense of humor. He, he knows how to slap me right in the face to get my attention, and you need to do that. It's sort of like, I'm sort of like yeah. a giant ferret. Ooh, what's that over there? You know. So Robert's <laughs> got a wonderful sense of humor, but he also has this knack of composing very simplistic sentences that will hang tears to your eyes. I mean, I, I always kid him. I tell him he used to write for fortune cookies or Hallmark cards in a past life. I mean, he can just come right to a point and just, oh, my God, and just sort of sum it all up. And uh, But, yeah, they, I've only had really a couple guys that really haven't shown much of a sense of humor, but um, I think they're just sort of there out of, you know, pity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they're there. But they're yeah, I always, there. I, always, I always tell people I'm convinced that at night my guides will get it together in a bar, and they complain about me. They're saying things like, "Remember how quiet it was? We weren't talking to him. Whose idea was this?" You know. But um, <laughs> that's what happens when you when you tell them to get into the spirit because you're going to do a reading, so they get literally oh. into the spirits. Oh, oh that's bad. I love. <laughs> well. When I tried automatic writing, it said I got a message that said, "Sorry, the person you tried to reach is currently at a party. Please try again." <laughs> Please try again. 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people when I cross over, I'm going to have an answering machine. So for 200 years, no BBM is going to be able to reach me. <laughs> That's cute. That is cute. I'm going to sit on Catalina Island with a Mai Tai and just sit there for 200 years. <laughs> That, that's still? a great place, because there's uh, <laughs> some famous places on Catalina that are supposedly haunted, but that's another story. I just want to ask, well, have you been on Catalina Island? Yes, I have. I dearly love it there. Yeah. You, do you know anything about any place that's haunted there? No, I, I actually, I, the first time I ever went, uh, oddly enough, it was on my 40th birthday before I had the readings you know, that, that August. And I, I picked up a book on Haunted Catalina, but I have no idea what ever happened to it. I know that I read it, but I can't remember much about it. It's been a while. I'm seeing Alan Old now. Well, I won't go there, <laughs> but I will ask this for those people that are listening, that are new to this. All three of you, yes. Yes, can you basically, if I can keep straight-faced, explain. Um, I know this is serious, but it's not serious, which is great, because don't take anything seriously. What's the difference between a psychic and a medium? Um, in essence, a psychic reads your energy, the energy around you. Uh, they can hone in more on futuristic events, past events, this kind of thing. A medium is one who can do that, but uh, mediums are aiming more at speaking with you know, deceased loved ones, getting more clarity, in my opinion anyway, uh, from spirit guides. The big thing that I really have to wrestle with with a lot of clients is they'll come to me and they'll be wanting to say, let's say we're trying to connect with their grandmother, for example, and they're wanting to know, well, ask her if I should go out with this person or that person, or ask her if I should sell my house. It's like, well, did Grandma deal in real estate or relationship issues when she was here? No, well, she's not going to know now. You know, the deceased loved ones don't give you advice on that. That's not what they're, they're do. It's more of a evidential thing. If you're looking, especially with mediumship, as you know, it's an amazing uh, avenue of healing, of trying to sort things out with people that you didn't have a chance. And I believe it's John Edward who's always saying, please do this while they're still here. So you do not have to come right. to people like us for this kind of thing. But that's the uh, the biggest difference right there biggest difference right there, but a lot of people keep wanting to get, you know, medical advice on grandma or something, and if she wasn't a doctor, it's just not going to happen. Yes, and, you know, we don't ask the sitter questions. We bring the information to them, and one of the questions that you should never ask the sitter is, somebody in your family passed away because I don't know yeah. a family in the world that hasn't had a loss. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and you may as well just say something like, uh, there's someone that crossed over connected to you that has a vowel in their name. Does this make sense to you? You know, um, <laughs> well, I, I did that once at a group at a group reading. I just said, I'm, I'm going to do the first ever. I'm going to read everybody in the room simultaneously. And I did that opening line, and I had this one poor yuck sitting here in the front row actually thinking, like, let me think here. It's, like, it's a joke. <laughs> Work with me. But, yeah, unfortunately, there are many, many charlatans out there, and it's very, very upsetting. I, I'm a huge skeptic myself. I pound this into everybody's head. Just don't take anything at face value because you can really get into trouble that way, the same way people who sit down and are just stubborn and have a chip on their shoulder and say no to no matter what comes out of your mouth. That's just as bad. Have an open mind to be skeptical. Be realistic about it. That that I totally agree on. It's, it's very healthy to, to be that way because 
not everybody understands what's going on or has actually had experience or proof. It's just like somebody that's skeptical about ghosts. They've never had the encounter, and they don't know if there's any truth to it or not. So I, I always tell them, mm-hmm. you know, it's just stay open-minded, and if you never have an experience, perhaps you might do some research on it or, you know, just because it does yeah. not happen to you doesn't necessarily mean that it, you know, does not exist. Well, Charles, what about what happened to you at the, you know, your first time at Anderson uh, Gallery Reading? You know, we always want people to come in with an open mind, but we do all we do have that one person that's, you know, brought there with their friends. They're just going mm-hmm. along the jerk. Yeah. with it. And, yeah. and that person ends up being the one that, the medium gravitates towards because it's just yeah. something about it's like their family members, their crossover loved ones, their spirit guides are jumping up and down behind them like, take this one, take this one, take this one. You know, and I <laughs> but you get you get that feeling. I mean, but you must have been the perfect target too. I mean, because oh, I you just have this you just have this great sense of humor even though you um you know, you try to have that stoic look on your face. You have this great humor. So that's why I was always interested when you were talking about how your guys have a sense of humor and just kind of um, being there with you and and watching you do readings and watching you do uh, your caricatures of the spirit guides for the sitters. I really do enjoy that. How did you come to do the caricatures of the spirit guides? Um, once again, total out of left field, sort of pushed into it. Uh, one of my teachers, Sam Anastasi, had brought it up to me. And we were, she and I and John Mares and a few other of, of the students had gone to an event out in the Midwest somewhere, Minnesota, I believe it was. And as Sandy's introducing the whole crew to the audience, she, she just mentions, oh, this is Charles and he does wonderful spirit drawings. And I just looked right at her and I said, I do. And she said, yeah, you do. And that's how it began. And I had my first one that afternoon. I had never done it before. Isn't that amazing the way that works? Yeah. Yeah. There's lots to talk about, but right now, before I forget, you know, you have a couple of books, one book out, one book coming. And the one, the new one I want to talk about first, basically it says, uh, all rights reserved, no part of this book may be, oops, reproduced. (laughs) 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 See, I got you on that one. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Basically, there's a part of the book that says the signpost up ahead. And then you have uh, sayings in there from your spirit guide, Robert. And then you're, you know, just in the beginning, without giving anything away, I'll just say it says that I often, you wrote, I often ask myself why I ended up here. I mean exactly that. Why here? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean... Charles, why? You know, I have been asking that from from the get go. Uh, I when I first started, well, I think evolving is probably a better way to describe what I do. Uh, I really kept insisting to my guides, "You have so picked the wrong guy. This, this, this I am not a good person. No, no, you've made a mistake. There's been a clerical error." Um, and they kept, "No, really, really, it's you. Don't worry about it. Just shut up. Do what you need to do." <laughs> and I'm, I still go through that. 
like I, I, I still get these. Oh my gosh, what, what, what were you people thinking? Really, I like, I really do feel I'm, I'm living proof that God has got the strangest sense of humor. But I've, I've accepted that what I do, while I don't consider it unique, I think the way that I do it is unique, and I'm simply doing it in my own individual way. You've seen enough mediums work that I have yet to see any two that work in the same style, which to me is perfect because it absolutely proves that there is no one way to get there, one path to get there, one way to read it. It can be done in a variety of ways, and just once again mirroring the infinite possibilities. But why I was selected, of course, they keep saying, well, you know, you chose this when you were over here. It's like, well, I don't know how drunk you got me to do it, but okay, fine. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Brinkley once told me, he said, you, said you know that feeling you have right after an orgasm? He said, that's how you feel when you're over there. You feel that way all the time, so you're going to agree to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Danny and Brinkley is is quite a char- character. Is I adore him. I adore him. Yeah, he is. There's a lot of good. But people. I did. I'm I'm here and I'm doing it, and you're and you're doing it, and our paths crossed. And well, you know, you've been stuck with me ever since. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's a wonderful <laughs> thing too. And it was. And I sadly know where you live, so unless you move, you're stuck. <laughs> That's right. Well, we've done some expos and lectures together, and we've we've done lots of good things together, and that's that's really wonderful. And you know, what you were saying, yeah, breakfast too. <laughs> what you're saying makes a lot of sense, though. No, I've had the gift as well for songs I can remember, but didn't start using it till late in life, and I often wondered, well, why I'm not a perfect person? Why should I have the gift? You know, how could I? Why do I deserve having this gift and using it? You know, well, everybody has a gift of something. And I think it's not about anything other than how you do use the gift. That's what's most important. Because we're, yeah, we're on earth. We're not in heaven. So we, if we're not perfect, we're not perfect here. You know, we're evolving and learning and growing. And I suppose having a special gift like Cooking, doing readings, singing, whatever the gift may be, that's just part of us. And I think that uh, it's a way of improving ourselves and, and helping other people. So I think we're here with something that we can use to help other people and something that we can use to help ourselves grow. And nobody understands the total picture of it, but I'm always for uh, in moving forward and improving as much as you can every minute that we can in life. I agree. I agree. Uh, I know a lot of people who basically insist that everything comes from spirit. I'm sorry, I have to totally disagree with that. They are there to help motivate us, I feel, to dangle the carrot, so to speak, but we are here for for the physical experience, and we have to throw ourselves into it. Um, you you take your abilities as far as you can basically to prove to them, yeah, I really want to do this. So if you're meant to be this amazing, you know, uh, pianist, then if you just sit there in front of the piano and don't touch it, you think it's just going to happen for you? No, you have to basically meet them halfway. And that's where it comes. That's where it comes. I agree. And, you know, a lot of people often ask the question, well, who's guiding me or should I come for a reading once a week to see what I should do next? 
And I think that's totally wrong, that we all must walk our own path. It's okay to tap into guidance, angels, your, your guides, or whomever in the spirit mm-hmm. realm, you know, for a, a tip, a heads up, a support, or something like that. But we all have to walk, walk our own path, otherwise we would never learn you know, any other way. If somebody's helping us, then why come here to learn? Why not just stay up there? You know what I mean? So, I, right. my strong belief is, we, yeah, that's why we're here. Now, I want to ask you, basically, what, can you tell us a little bit more about that book before I ask you about your other one, the, the current book? Uh, oh, the current book. Uh, the title of it is Dailies, and it's basically, it's a it's it's a day-to-day, year, year-long log of, little nuggets of information uh, from my spirit guides, little uh, blurbs in the free for each day of the year. Plus I also have uh, one of my, one of my essays in the beginning uh, that you just started off, you know, what am I doing here? That's going to be talking about basically an introduction to my guides because the, the most common question I get next to my gosh, who picked out those beautiful Hawaiian shirts that you wear <clears throat> is about spirit guides, my spirit guides, your spirit guide. Yeah. Took Sherelle a few seconds there to get it. It's all right, hon, catch up. And I'm sure she's still speaking to me. <laughs> and I, people seem to be fascinated by it. I have to admit, I don't blame them. It, it is intriguing. I also firmly believe, just from my own experiences with my people and others that, I, that I've talked to about theirs, I really feel that your spirit guides have a lot of your own personality traits simply because that way you're going to feel comfortable with them. I have a friend of mine uh, who lives on the East Coast. He, he's an amazing psychic. He's also an amazing medium. He hates to do mediumship, but when he does it, he's just so phenomenal. But he has this tribunal of monks that serve as his guide. And whenever I've given him a reading, they like all come in in unison, and they speak in unison as one. It's just astounding. And here at one time he had considered being a Catholic priest, so that kind of goes hand in hand uh, with that. I have another friend of mine out here in California. Um, he's a very, very compassionate individual, and, he, he, and he's very much into nature. And one of his main spirit guides is, of course, a Native American that just speaks with the kind of kindness you wish you could just find in your soul every second of every day. It's just astounding. And it's very much my people, you know, a few pounds short, you know, the circus. And it, it seems to fit. <laughs> Right, like ours, well, not, yeah, ours would be like really potty mouth cops. <laughs> yeah, Spirit yeah, guys. that's why I like hanging yeah. with you people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. But you know what, you're right, because otherwise we would not identify with them, and they, we would, because if I had that same, if, 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 because some, some people resonate with Sylvia Brown, some people resonate with Burning Virtue, you know, that kind of, yeah. you know. And so if you have that, like, hardcore and, you know, you just kind of, like, get, up, get over it, you know how Sylvia Brown does it. Or if you're more like Doreen Virtue where she she speaks kind of ethereal and, you know, has a kind of a little, she kind of has a, a earth, not not earthy, but, kind of like that angely, whispery voice a little bit. And so yeah. that kind of, you know, and it, I don't know if Sylvia Brown, I think she did smoke, but she did does have kind of like that little raspy voice kind of. Oh, yeah. So it, that you just, it's either you identify with one or, you know, but it's easier when you have spirit guides that you can, can 
connect with and identify with. It makes it it does it makes the transition easy. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, when when I'm in the zone, so to speak, and I know you guys can totally understand what I'm saying. You know, you're not really there. They're taking over, and you just sort of go with the flow, so to speak. I've had on very few occasions where people would actually walk out of group demos that I was doing because they felt that my style was just horribly disrespectful. I also know that those people who are supposed to come to me will be led to me. And the ones that can't handle obviously they're not a place for that right now. Um, I always emphasize that I take what they do very, very seriously, but I can have an awful lot of fun doing it. I always, at the end of any demo that I do, I always close it off by explaining about the healing power of laughter and how, you know, you, you've heard the expression, I, I laughed until I cried. Well, I like to flip it around. I cried until I laughed, and when I laughed, I understood. It gives you that clarity. It like kind of that. brings you back down to earth again. Uh, I mean, how much easier it is to sit and, you know, watch a newscast of something horrible going on, and then you watch, you know, the late-night comedians, and it's like, okay, I can find some levity here. It's easier to digest, so to speak. Because it, it's not about the listening, you know. It, it's about hearing and then applying what is heard into reality, into action. Anybody can sit in here, but you have to, you have to participate in it. Like I mentioned earlier, you've got to meet them halfway. That's true. And I like that analogy about, you know, you can just sit there and watch the piano. You'll be a very good watcher, but you won't know how to play it. So mm-hmm. if you if you know, you use your mediumship, if you work it like a muscle, you I think in that instance that you develop it because you can, I mean, but like you're like David where, you know, you try to just say, Oh no, no, go away, go away. It's I'm not using it, I'm not using it and your spirit guides basically pop you on the back of the neck and say, yes, you are. You're going to use this. <laughs> this is this is part of you, and, you know, I need you to help other people, and it's not just about mm-hmm. you. So get over yourself and get out there, and you need to – there's a lot of people in this world that need help and guidance, but also, like you say, um, not for it to be like a crutch for every – okay, before I take this next step, let me call and make oh, sure yeah. I can take this next step. And then once they get to the next step, call again, can I can I take the next next step? So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's like that fork in the road. Um you're you want to talk to your crossover loved ones to, you know, closure, make peace, um, you know, fill in some gaps that were left when they left and you know, because if we could ask them, so what is it like over there? Is it sunshiny? Is it rainy? You know, those aren't the questions that we're going to get answered. No, you can. You know, you can ask till you're blue in the face, but they will give you what you need to know. Uh, I, I always tell people, you know, we we all have to eat the broccoli, but we want to eat the chocolate cake. And unfortunately, in my job, it's I have to feed you the broccoli. That very well put. I like the way you put it. You know, I know that. Of course, and I keep the chocolate cake for myself and eat it when you leave. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, that, that's logical. Hence, extra large, medium. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I noticed that. I see whom I'm talking to when I do mediumship readings, and I'm. They usually show me whatever they want to show me, but when they're not showing me something, and if I like to focus as to where they're standing, most of the time it's just you know the average. They're on the lawn or grass with cheese, trees around, and, you know, it's a pretty nice area. So you really have to 
you know, talk to the spirit to pull questions forward. And there's some spirits that just want to talk, tell you about whatever it is that they came through for. And uh, since you said or mentioned extra large medium, I want to mention your website again. It was Sherelle posted in the chat, but it's www.extralargemedium.net. Extralargemedium.net. And Charles, you have your first book is titled Selections from On a Wing and a Prayer, Early Jottings of a Befuddled Medium. That's keeping with your personality and your sense of humor. And it's very good reading. It almost reminds me of reading the uh, Humphrey Bogart story from the 40s, the way it's written. You know, it would be something like, I mean, it's really very well written. And in the book, on page uh, 37, you have a chapter called, Oh, Danny Boy. And in the beginning, you have a quotation by your spirit guide, Robert. It says, The heart is indestructible. The fragility of it merely an illusion. It endures as well as experiences all that is, yet it will always, in some form, continue on, beating to the rhythm of life and love. And then I want to fast forward past everything that you wrote to this one paragraph, and I'm having difficulty reading some parts of the book on the air because, you know, my vocabulary is going to be all jumbled up like I'm eating alphabet alphabet soup and it'll be going in all different directions so I'll just uh, want to read this one little part a little paragraph in here that says and this you know people are going to have to buy the book to find out about this interesting story in the whole book they all Ther- die at the end Teresa died there you go there you go <laughs> Teresa died seven years later she was given a chance to receive treatment by one of the top oncologists in the country, but she turned it down. Begging and insistences from the family and friends were futile. She had made up her mind, and there was no changing it. Although it was never spoken, it was generally understood that she really wanted to be with Danny again. She made up her mind to die the day Danny did. Her fuel source had dried up, and there is no doubt in my mind that Danny was there waiting for her when she made her transition from point A to point B. I mean, is that a coincidence or a, a wish or what is it? I mean, it does, to me, it, it shows me that love is eternal, just like your soul. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. found that to be very touching. No, you have. Yeah, um, you know, I. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I unfortunately did not get to meet Danny or Teresa. A uh, little background: I'm an adoptee, and these are relatives on my birth father's side of the family. Um, when I had uh, found my birth father and started connecting with his side of the family, I kept hearing about my cousin Danny, who was also uh, a fledgling cartoonist. So there is a cartoon gene, by the way, out there in the DNA strands. And I was just devastated. I wanted to meet this kid. Like, finally, somebody is just tilted off to the left as I am. And I was devastated to find out that he had passed away uh, a few years prior. He had had been born with a defective heart. And he was, I think, 13, 14. He passed. And he lived, I think, three lives in the brief time that he was here. 
that his mother, uh, when you put, when when Danny was gone, that pretty much pulled the plug on her, and she died not long after. And she also, again, phenomenal artistic talent and everything I've heard about her. She was nothing short of an angel on earth. But um, he 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 affected a lot of lives while he was here, and now that he's even though he's been gone all these years, uh, the impact of his existence, physical existence has not diminished, not diminished at all. I keep a picture, actually I'm looking at it right now, I keep a picture of him framed here on a bookshelf right across from my drawing table, so I know he's watching over me and probably correcting me as I draw. <laughs> I was going to say, he's definitely correcting. <laughs> like, no, no, the other way, the other way. But he's, um, he, he's such a strong force physically, spiritually, and that's what you were just talking about, David. You, know, you, you love continues; it does not die. We don't die is the, the the title of the first book about Anderson. It's just we change, we evolve, and when you have that love here that continues on and on and on, and I'm of the firm belief that if you just even think of one of your loved ones, they're, they're, they are there in some shape, form, or fashion connected with you. They're not there the way you want them to be, but they're there, and that's the stumbling block to get over because, you know, there are times when I would just love nothing more than a hug from my sister. But um, I just have to go to that special place in my own awareness, and I know that she is still there. And someday I'll hug her again and slap her in the back of the head. And it's just sort of, you know, <laughs> like brothers family too. thing. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it is, it's an extraordinary thing. It really, really is. And I am so thankful that I am able to do this. And there's a huge responsibility. Yeah, well, yeah. Try to talk again. Huge responsibility with it, as you know. But and not everybody is willing to take on that responsibility. But I am so grateful to be able to have it and actually, you know, take the ball and run with it. Can I ask you to tell us? And I know you've had, you know, an uncountable amount of readings over the years. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Is there any particular reading that comes to mind? To where is like, uh, let me give you an example. I did a reading. Okay, we take our personality with us when we cross over to the spirit world, right? <laughs> boy, did I, we ever. I did a reading for somebody, and the spirit, you know, at one point, kept turning around and bending over, and I asked the person exactly what did their Uncle Harry, what, what is he trying to get across by doing that? And she said, oh, when he was alive, you know, he would, you know, living on the farm, he would go to the uh, the gate by the road to pick up his mail. And when cars would pass by, you know, when he got bored, he would turn around and moon them. So he was mooning me. <laughs> and that was a validation. So that's one of That's great. That's so, a great validation. <laughs> so I was wondering if you had any uh, readings that you can remember that was, you know. Uh, well, I'll t- oh, gosh, I have, I have. Quite a few uh, off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> there, along the same lines, I was talking to this woman, and uh, her fiance was coming through. And I believe his name was David, but I can't swear to that at this point now. And he died terribly young. Uh, he, he was 50. And he died of a massive heart attack. And he, he let me know about the heart attack because he slammed me right in the chest, like with an open palm. I could just feel a slap on my chest. Used to be. It used to be that whenever I would in, encounter someone who crossed by a heart attack, I'd actually get the symptoms of a heart attack. I'd get the pains in the chest, the numbness down the arm. You know, Like if I'm talking to somebody who lost a leg to diabetes, suddenly my leg feels missing. It's just gone. I get a lot of the physical attributes. And just to reiterate anybody that's wondering, 
no, they do not have these restrictions now. But this is just a way to help identify them. As soon as we figure out who it is, they take the sensation away from me. Well, hopefully you'll be down when you did that reading with the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I, I, honestly, I had to grab a chair because I almost fell. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. I wasn't really paying wow. attention to you anyway. No, but he he get, but he they started slapping me in the chest because I had my own heart attack a few years ago. So they if they started keep giving me that, I would start thinking I'd be having another one totally freak out. So they changed it, thank God, and they just give me the slap in the chest. The harder the slap, the bigger the heart attack. Well, this was a huge slap in the chest. So I had asked if it was a, a massive heart attack that he crossed, and she said, "Oh yeah, he dropped dead of a heart attack sitting on the toilet." And I have this, wow. this this dead guy here going, oh, great. You had to tell him that part. <laughs> so at the end of the reading, he finished it up by giving a rather indirect, but she picked up on it, uh, how should we say, sexual experience that they like to share together. And she freaked out. I can't believe he, he, he gave you that. I can't believe he'd do that. And then I have him once again saying, that'll teach you to tell him that I died sitting on the john. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is yeah, pretty good. Said, I, his personality I was like that. that. Yeah, his personality <laughs> was like that. She said he was just totally off the wall. I had another one where a man came through to his daughter. She was in her early to mid-20s, and he was – I had, I had never encountered this. He was just so happy to be dead, he was beside himself. Why was he happy? Because he hated his wife with every fiber of his being. And I'm, and I'm getting this, and I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? And, and I'm, I, well, I've got to tell the girl, so I tell her this, and she started laughing. She goes, no, it's true. said, my mother's an awful person. And <laughs> I was, she was giving me examples of things this woman had done. And, yep, yep, mom did that. Yep, mom did that, too. And it's just astounding. Um, Recently, I gave one in a group uh, in uh, Fullerton, California, that was just massive. I literally, for the first time, felt myself getting shot. I got the impact in the chest, right, directly into the heart. But I, I felt like a bullet had went in me, but I got the pain in the head. Figure that out. And here he had shot himself in the head, but the impact of the heart was it affected so many people emotionally and still does, as it happened like 20-odd years ago, I believe. Now, that's amazing. I, I want to ask you, yeah. do you get that only infrequently in some readings where they want to, spirit wants to make a specific point, you know, to get across, and so you clear a sense and uh, feel it, or does it happen in all your readings? It, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can sit here and say, yes, it happens in every single one, but I would be willing to say, like in like a good 98% of them, virtually every single one, they will do that. They will give me some sort of physical affliction or uh, connection to how they passed or something connected to them. One, this was another trippy one. I actually felt a woman lose a baby. I felt I had uh -huh. a baby in me, and I literally felt it gone. And she had, she had a miscarriage, and that was the strangest thing I'd ever felt in my life. That's amazing. You're Empathic abilities. Empathic, are, thank yes. you. Yes. And yeah. I do not get that. Now, the way my psychic tools work, I can go into a location and automatically feel if the presence of spirits there, for example. But when I do a medium reading for somebody, I don't get those sort of feelings. I have on occasion when some spirit wanted to make a point that one of them died of a car accident and banged his head. Boy, did I feel it in my head. A few times I felt mm -hmm. 
those feelings, but uh, I really don't care for them to get them that much. And I really don't. Mainly, I'll, I'll see it like if somebody died of a heart attack, I'll see a, like a, an illustration of their oh, body, okay. and I'll see mm-hmm. uh, the heart dark or something, or I'll see if they had some problem with their upper respiratory system, it'll be all dark, or if somebody died of you know, lung cancer or something like that, I'll see that with smoke or them smoking and I'll see that, whatever. You know, pretty much I'm a visual person. Occasionally I get clear audience. You know, I can hear the voices or an animal barking of a dog or somebody making a statement, but I don't get a conversation. It's mainly telepathic. And mm-hmm. so can you kind of go over your psychic tools that you use when you do a medium reading and exactly... When you're communicating with spirit, what is happening to, for you to bring the message in? What are the different ex- feelings and things that you're seeing and experience? It's like being in a um, like a Best Buy, and you're standing in front of the huge display of all the television sets, except every single television is turned on to a different station. Wow. And I'm being pulled here. I'm being pulled there. I'm I get bombarded. With images, I get bombarded with emotion. I The only spirits I've actually seen that's my physical eye have been both of my cats. But I have yet to see it, you know, one of us. And I can see shapes, but I have yet to see anything distinctive, like, oh, yeah, that's a person, but I can see through them. But I, I have actually seen both of my cats after they've sat. Now you're talking just, about the physical bombarded. realm? Are you talking about yeah. the physical realm? Okay, yeah. and when you're doing... Uh a mediumship reading for somebody and you're tapping into this world of the spirit world, not earthbound spirits such as ghosts or spirit in visitation, but just a regular mediumship reading. Besides getting these uh, feelings, are you also getting visions or do you hear anything? Yeah. I will get pictures like a quick little slice of like flashcards that just go boom, 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 boom. And I'm trying to decipher what it is. And I usually, they'll give me some sort of an image, but I'll get an emotion with it is the best way that I can describe it. Uh, it's, every now and then I will actually hear them. I, I am clairaudient, but they, will, it, they tend, tend to get me more with emotion, which is funny because as an artist I'm extremely visual, and that's the one that they use the least. That's funny because that's the one they use the most for me, but I do mm-hmm. feel emotion too, and I try to block it as much as I can, especially if it's reading about a tragedy, because I've noticed that oh. many times. I mean, either that or if there's a lot of love involved, uh, my eyes t- tend to tear up sometimes. Mm-hmm. I try to control everything so I can, you know, continue the reading for the people, st- stay neutral, but sometimes it's rather hard. It's hard. Find. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, the, the one I told you about, the young man where I felt myself getting shot in the chest, his his messages, his energy was so intense. I kid you not, I don't think there was a dry eye in the room, including mine. It was hard at times to continue because he, he was his, his aunt was it, I believe, was there in, in the group. And that's who he was talking to. And he was just so emphatic in trying to get these things through and the love through. And it was just so powerful. It, 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 I had to stop every few moments to sort of collect myself so I could continue on. But you, you do, you try to filter it out, but sometimes you can't. Charles, I want to tell everybody we we have about five minutes left on the show that um, besides being a, a great friend, you're an extraordinary medium, and you have lots of talents. You're a great cartoonist. And oh, thank you, sir. There's a documentary 
that's going to come out that you're in. It's all about you yeah. eventually. Yeah. It's a large medium, very clever title. I don't know where they came up with it. Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> if people want to get a reading from you, because you do excellent readings, because we've experienced readings from you, which were 100%. I mean, I know nobody's perfect, but at least I have never had a problem with uh, readings or friends or family that have had readings with you. I've always, you know, came back to you for more readings because you're so accurate. And if anybody would like to schedule a reading with Charles, they can go to his website, extralargemedium.net, and contact him there. Also, mm-hmm. you'll find that Charles does gallery readings and certain events, lectures, mediumship demonstrations, and oftentimes he works with other well-known mediums as well. And David Baker. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you're about to travel back east now. Could you tell us a little yeah. bit about what's going on with yeah, you? Yeah, right I'll now? be uh, I'll be in uh, uh, Chantilly, Virginia. I'm on let's see on uh, Friday, March 25th, and Sunday, March 27th. I'll be doing private readings all day, and then I'm actually giving an automatic writing class on March 26th. And I'll be doing another automatic writing class at Kindred Spirits in Claremont, California. That is April 8th, I believe. Let me look at Mr. Calendar here. Why, well, yes, April 8th. Well, that's that's interesting. You know, hey, that place is haunted. The Claremont is? Hotel is haunted. Oh yes, yeah. uh, I have some friends that used to work there as security, and part one of the floors are. Uh, closed off because it's so haunted they don't let anybody stay there. I oh, think it's cool. a, I think it's the second floor and I, I've been wanting to get out there. We're going to be going to the uh, Queen Anne Hotel in another week. We'll be with uh, Chip Coffee, Psychic Medium out there doing ghost investigation and having lectures. That's in San Francisco, the Queen Anne Hotel. Oh, yeah, I thought the Queen Anne was in San Francisco, yeah. Wonderful. I love that place. But uh, I like to work with you again and I know we will be doing it because I'll have more free time in the near future because I'm going to start doing Well, uh, not free. <laughs> all right, don't hog up on my time just because I'm going to retire <laughs> after mediumship from my full-time job. Good for you. You're too quiet. You need to get out there. I know. I'm going to be active again. I just have so much going on. I can't wait to start working with you again too so we'll have to plan something but everybody, Charles is fantastic medium. Uh, www.extralargemedium.net. He's also, uh, we're very proud of Charles because he has, uh, he's always admired Charles Schultz, the um, cartoonist that made My absolute idol as a child, yeah. My my art's not at the museum now. That exhibit closed. It it ended in the first part of February, but it was there from uh, October 2nd through February 6th, I believe it was. But it it was quite an honor for me to have a piece of my work in his museum. It really meant a lot. Well, it was an honor to have you on the show tonight, Charles, and thank you so much. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Sherelle, wonderful talking to you, hon. You too, Charles. As always, thank you so much for being on the show and a part of our family life. My pleasure. Absolutely. And this is Love you guys. Take care. Love you. Good night. And this is Good night. You have listened to Beyond the Gate Radio. Tonight's guest was Charles A. Phileas, psychic medium, author and cartoonist. Thank you for joining. And I could have Sherelle hum some closing music for us tonight, but we won't do that this time. So good night from Beyond the Gate Radio, Sherelle Baker and David Baker. Good night, Sherelle. Thank you. 
Good night, David. Have a wonderful night. Good night, everyone in chat and everyone that's been listening. Thank you, and we will see you next week. Well, we will take calls and have uh, people on there giving you readings. So stay tuned. Thank you very much. God bless, and good night. Good night.